But if it seems fast-paced, that's because it was. Um, but uh, so we, it was the same trip that we took last summer. We went up to Winnipeg in Manitoba, Canada uh, to help Inner City Youth Alive with a VBS day camp that they put on twice in the summer, once in July and once in August. We're obviously only able to go up for one of those. Um, but uh, we did want to share a little bit about that. And so uh, Belle and uh, Elena and Elise are going to come and do that. And uh, we also have a slideshow. Due to some technical difficulties, we couldn't get it up to our tech booth, so the photos are going to appear on this monitor over here. I know that it's not as visible to all of you, but uh, I made the executive decision to uh, keep my own patience and kindness and goodwill this morning, and so I stopped trying to make it work, and so it's just going to be here on the monitor. Um, so I do invite those uh, people up to share. Hi, my name is Elise Hobbs, and this I went on this trip last year. Um, I'm just going to share a little bit with you guys about Inner City Youth Alive and what they do and kind of their mission um, in Winnipeg. Um, so Inner City Youth Alive, I'll be referring to it as ICYA from now on um, for time restraints. Um, it's located in the north end of Winnipeg, and that's actually one of the poorest areas um, in Winnipeg, or sorry, in Manitoba, but also in Canada. Um, so there's a lot of need for volunteers and um, just for the gospel to be shared there. Um, I kind of got thinking after this trip that although I've been to ICYA two weeks now, um, I wasn't sure how to wrap up all of what they did. So I got on their website and I found, I think, a good summary of kind of what they do. So. On their website, they say, ICYA provides a safe, active, and nurturing environment for kids, many of whom experience poverty, abuse, and neglect. Um, we had the opportunity to work with a lot of these kids, um, ages this week, like five to 12, um, but ICYA also serves um, teens and young adults. Um, they reach over 1,200 um, local kids, youth, and young adults um, through various programs. They have a lot, they have a community ministry. Um, kids are able to go to like a gem lake wilderness camp um, where they can just relax and be more one-on-one -on -one with the leaders at ICYA. They have a Meals for Kids program, an indigenous leadership initiative, a story studio, and a bridge drop-in. Um, and the bridge drop-in is kind of where the day camp comes from, so we were able to help with that. Um, Bridge drop-in is for ages five to 19 years old, and what that is is each week of the night, um, a different age group is invited to come to the bridge, hang out, um, play games, have a snack, um, and just connect with the leaders at ICYA. Um, there's a lot of staff at ICYA. There's full-time staff, summer staff, and many volunteers that help support this ministry. Um, a lot of the ones that we were working with, or some of the ones that I talked to at least, had been at ICYA when they were kids and are now staff there, or summer staff. It was really cool this year to be able to connect with the staff more so than last year. We were able to go out to a dinner with them on Monday night, and it was just a really great time of fellowship with them. We went to a restaurant, a restaurant called Feast and got to eat um, like traditional indigenous tacos, I guess. Yeah, um, so that was a really fun experience. They had like bison chili and different kinds of chicken and bannock, which is this type of fried bread that's so good. Um, yeah, so the summer staff, a lot of them were our age or like the high schoolers age. 
Um, and it was just really cool to see them and the rest of our group practice um, in leadership, patience, and responsibility. The summer staff that's there is with these kids a lot, and we were only with them for a week, so I can't imagine all of the patience that they have to practice and that God grants them um, in helping these kids and working alongside of them. Um, yeah, so ICY is just a really big blessing in that community um, and is building really great rela relationships with the kids and um, just having that ministry outreach there. Hello. Okay, so I'm going to be walking you guys through the week in the VBS and what it looked like for us. So every morning would start out with a meeting with the ICYA staff and us, and we would like do a devotional and we would pray and talk about like what we expected from the coming day. And then after that, we would all break up into groups of two, a boy and a girl, and we would walk around the neighborhoods and pick up the kids that were signed up for the day camp. And then we would bring them to ICYA and they would have breakfast there and they'd play for a little bit. And then after we were done playing, we would all get into our groups. And the theme of the VBS was the eagle, which represents love. And so the groups were divided up in age. So ages five to six were the crested hawk eagles. Seven to eight were the white-tailed eagles. Nine to 10 were the bald eagles. And 11 to 12 were the golden eagles. So once we were in those groups, we would all go into like the chapel, I guess you'd call it, and we would sing worship songs, and we would watch a little skit that the ICYA staff had set up for us. And then after that, we would get into our groups again, and we would go to the stations that we had set up for that morning. So the first station was Bible. In every Bible time, they would talk about a different kind of love. So there was like love for your neighbor, love for God, love for the earth, stuff like that. And then after Bible was science and silliness, and the kids would make some fun little science experiment thing. Like one day we had slime, and another day we made this like bread. What was it called? Bannock. It was the kids just like made bread. It was kind of fun. And they also did made these like little slingshots out of broken cups and balloons with marshmallows. So they had a lot of fun with that. And then um, after science and silliness was games, and we would either play water games outside or we would go inside and play dodgeball and stuff like that. And then after games were um, crafts, and all the crafts were themed around like eagle things. So one day we made these little bird feeders out of this fake peanut butter and this uh, bird seed stuff, and so just stuff like that. And then after we were done with all the stations, every group had gone through them all, we would all load onto a big school bus and they would take us to our field trip locations. Every day was a new one and they were all really fun. So Monday, we went to this place called Kid City and it's like this big indoor play place and the kids really love um, running around there and we do too, even though it's really hard to fit in some of the stuff, but they really like when we play with them there and it's a blast. So. That's fun. And then Tuesday, we went to this big indoor pool that has like high dives and diving boards and stuff. And we went there last year and it was really fun and the kids really enjoy that too. And then Wednesday, we went to Lower Fort Gary, which is like this Canadian settlement place. Is that what it, yeah. And the kids can just learn about their like history, I guess, and stuff. And they really like running around and looking at all the old buildings and stuff that are there. And then Thursday was this place called Assiniboine Park. And it's like this huge outdoor nature center place that has these like giant slides and these big like 
I don't even know how to explain it. There's just a bunch of play stuff that they can play on, and my favorite part of the week is going there because we always play this game called Manhunt, and there's always this person that's it, and then they like try to tag people, and the goal of the game is to be the last one standing and not get tagged, and it was really fun because I got to spend one-on-one -on -one time with this kid, Kingston, and he's only six, so he would like try and hide in places that were extremely obvious, and I was like, what are you doing? But it was really fun. And then on Friday, we went to this beach, and it was like a man-made lake that the kids could just go relax at the beach, and it was really fun, and it was a great way to end the week. And that's, that's what we did. Yeah. Hello, I'm Elena Nolte. I'm gonna be talking about some of the similarities and differences. I think it's really easy whenever you go to the same place to start comparing, and that's kind of what I did. But as Ben has instructed us, low expectations equals high satisfaction. <laughs> Some of the similarities, um, the day camp schedule was pretty much the same, so we kind of knew like what we were getting into there. But there was actually a lot more differences than I realized. A lot of the people who came on this trip from last year were the same, but we lost a couple people who had like work and planning and things, and we dearly missed them. And we also got a couple new people, which was super exciting to get to know them a lot better. Also, the kids were pretty different. I'd say about a quarter of them were the same, but it was a whole new group of kids, and which was kind of heartbreaking because some of my favorites from last year were not there. But alas, I made new favorites. It all worked out. The staff was also different. Um, it was just really, it was just a really good experience getting to know them. Like Elise said, going to the feast restaurant with them, I felt like we connected a lot with the staff more this year than we did last year. We were pretty separate, but getting to know them was just amazing. And I got to talk to them, some of them one on one, which was just an amazing experience. Getting to hear their perspective on things. I also felt like the agenda was a little different this year. It was a little more relaxed after the day camp, whereas last year we had a pretty like tight schedule going place to place because it was our first time there. It was a lot of our first times out of the country, so we really wanted to get to know our environment. But this year I felt like it was a little more relaxed and going places. We did not get poutine this year, which I was very upset about. But overall, I feel like both weeks spent this year and last year were just really humbling experiences. I feel like it's really easy to feel like we're taking Jesus to them, as Ben has said, but it's just amazing getting to see and being reminded that God is working everywhere and we're, he, he's just using us to spread his glory. And it's just amazing to know that we are part of a greater plan. So those are some of the similarities and differences. Thank you, ladies. I think just to wrap up, um, I mean, I'm going to talk for a few minutes, so it's not quite a wrap up, but to uh, wrap up the uh, report on our week, I just wanted to highlight a few of the things I feel like were the major lessons uh, that we learned. And I mean, we, I, because I, I know what they are, so I was listening for them, but you, I think I heard some of them already reflected in, in what was shared. And I think one of the uh, one of the benefits of a trip like this, and, and probably travel in general, is that it the Lord can use it to grant us new perspective on our lives, on our normal lives, and, and just the way that he works in the world. And I think that he did that for us uh, this year. And the first lesson that I think the Lord taught us, and Elena was just talking about this, is that we don't bring Jesus 
uh, anywhere. Um, he does not fit in a carry-on. Uh, he is already there, wherever the there happens to be, and he's already at work. This is one of those things I feel like I've had to learn multiple times in my life. I'd lived in China for a few years, and sometimes we would actually meet someone who had never heard of any of it before. And the first time in 2,000 years that this person and their family is hearing about Jesus or the church or just the whole thing, which is hard to wrap our minds around, but it's the case for some people. But often as not, it turned out that Jesus had beaten us to it. And we would find out that years ago, this person had met a Christian, or they just happened upon a Bible verse, or they, you know, that the Lord uh, was already at work in their lives. A groundwork had already been laid in someone's heart to hear the good news. And I think we saw this many times during our week in Winnipeg. When the kids come to day camp, for the most part, they're not hearing about Jesus for the first time. And on the one hand, this is a testament to the faithfulness and the persistence of ICYA and their staff, that they're there week in and week out, building relationships, telling people about Jesus. Uh, but I think it's also evidence that the Lord still goes before his people and prepares the way for us. During one of the Bible lessons, I don't remember what we were supposed to be talking about, but one of the kids just blurted out the question, well, why did Jesus die? It's a good question. And just as fast, another one of the kids, Michael, uh, popped up and answered, well, he died for our sins because he loved us. That was good enough, and we moved on. On another day, the leader had brought a picture Bible, and after the lesson, myself and Michael and another uh, boy named Leland were looking through these pictures of Jesus' death, and the boys kind of reviewed all the facts they knew about, you know, how humiliating and painful it was, and it made me kind of feel a little strange. It was like they were rattling off sports statistics, you know, they're like, well, and then they spit on him, and then they pulled out his beard, but... I let it happen because, I'm glad I did, because at the end of it, Leland turned a corner in his mind and he started listing all the things that were good about Jesus, his kindness, the way that he welcomed uh, bad people, his healings, and his question was, why did they kill him if he was the, such a good man? And it was a very quick, and I think we learned this last year, that when you have, I think the Lord gives us opportunities to have spiritual conversations with the kids, but they're very fast. They have to be very fast uh, for the most part. So it gave a very quick opportunity to talk to Leland about that that's kind of the whole substance of the good news itself, that we consistently, all of us, reject God's goodness and turn away from him. Uh, prime example of that is the, the murder and the killing of Jesus, but that God still died for us. Uh, Jesus still died for us so that we could have a relationship with God. These are just two examples of this, and I think there were many more of the ways in which Jesus is teaching and guiding these little ones completely without our help. We just get to show up and join him for a week. I think the second lesson the Lord taught us was the importance, and somebody already mentioned this as well, the importance of holding expectations loosely enough that we can still joyfully obey him when things don't go our way. And you may have heard me say this before, whatever, but a sort of mantra is, of mine is that low expectations equals high satisfaction. Generally, that is the case. Um, that when you don't expect much, you tend to be good with whatever happens. Although I, would do, I will say, I think the Lord is encouraging me to adapt the saying a little bit, rather than low expectations to loose expectations. It's okay to expect a lot, but it's good to hold that loosely and with humility. And Lori Kinsinger, she isn't here today, um, so I'll freely uh, compliment her, exemplified this spiritual wisdom during the trip. And as she and I were meeting earlier in July to plan, one of the things she made very clear to me was that she did not want to be in the kitchen a whole lot. She wanted to kind of avoid that, do other things during the trip. 
we would assign the students, our students and our group, the tasks necessary to prepare and cook and clean up uh, dinner, which we did. But what we didn't know was that ICYA's cook had just recently been in a car accident, I think maybe a week or two before our trip. She was out of commission, I think entirely, for the first two days of day camp, and then she, she came back and kind of phased back in. You know who gladly took up the role of head cook in her absence? Lori, the indispensable sponsor. Lori was responsible to make breakfast and lunch for 70 people each of those days that the head cook was not there, and she did it with grace and joy, and it turned out that the clock in the kitchen was 10 minutes slow. <laughs> and so we, we figured that out, I think, on Thursday. But uh... <laughs> I think the third and final lesson that I want to touch on is that the Lord showed us a bit more of what it means to be Christ-like with the children. One of the things you notice when you read the Gospels is that Jesus attracted all different kinds of people from all corners of society, all levels of society, including children. There was something about Jesus that made children feel comfortable and wanted. While the Gospels don't give us a whole lot of detail about Jesus' personality, the mobs of children that are around him is a big clue that the man was not the sterile, boring, clean person that we often make him out to be. Jesus was engaging, playful. He could tell good jokes, often at the expense of the Pharisees and the religious leaders. And for our week in Winnipeg, our task was to be like Jesus among these children, to draw out their playfulness and delight, to help them feel loved and welcomed in his presence. There are countless examples of how the group did this, and they did an excellent job. Jay and Johnny let the kids, I mean, a couple of us did, but I think it was mostly Jay and Johnny, let the kids cover them in sidewalk chalk. One of the, one of the children, who will probably grow up to be like an astronaut or something, figured out that sidewalk chalk also works on clothes. <laughs> and so after that, they didn't care about the pavement anymore, and they were just coloring the boys, and they let them. I think Jesus probably would have done the same. Matthew paid attention to the quiet kids, the kids who stayed at the edges, made them feel comfortable and welcomed, I think Jesus would have done the same. Joanna stayed with a boy who was having a kind of a breakdown experience in, the, in his families in the, the midst of just an intense period. She stayed with him and tried to comfort him, even though the rest of us had to move on because we needed to go do our, you know, the next station. And again, I could go on and on and on. I think there are examples for all of us. Our whole team was patient and kind, even when the kids were nasty, like Jesus. Our whole team tapped into a greater strength than our own and stayed engaged with the kids. These are long days, folks. This is an eight-hour-long VBS experience. And for the most part, I think we all stayed engaged, stayed energized, stayed playful with them, um, drawing on the power of Jesus. We gave of ourselves, served others, and did not look only to our own needs, just like Jesus. So I also just want to thank a couple of people. I want to thank the students and our group for each of their good behavior. This is a pretty well-behaved group. We don't have to, uh, I don't know what the word is exactly, but we don't have to really manage this group uh, when we're on these trips. They kind of do the thing that we're there to do, and we don't, you know, find them wandering off to do something else, and I really appreciate that, their kindness, their willingness to serve ICYA. I think they did an excellent job, and I'm proud of all of them. I especially also want to thank our adults, uh, Lori and Ryan and Matthew, Sarah, Elise, and Elena. They sacrificed time off work and whatever else they could have been doing um, to come and be with us. I most especially want to thank Ryan 
because Ryan actually found a coffee mug that I lost at ICYA last summer. His first day there, <laughs> he looks down at a shelf and goes, hey. So anyway, so thank you, Ryan. I've been drinking out of that coffee mug ever since. And lastly, I want to thank the Calvary family uh, for your support, and uh, especially with the garage sale. I know that many were just thankful for the generous donations for that and a lot of the time that many of you gave to that to help us uh, make that garage sale happen, and your prayer support. We know that, that many of you were praying for us um, as we were there. And also thank you to the parents for trusting us with your children. Uh, everyone basically made it back um, okay with no problems at the border. By the grace and generosity of God, we had a good week, and we're looking forward to going back uh, next summer. Um, so I think that ends our report. Let me pray for us, and then we can uh, move on to our, our uh, song. Oh. All right. Father, we are again thankful, uh, just very much thankful for a good week in Winnipeg. And uh, Lord, we're thankful for all of the uh, support and encouragement and generosity that had to happen from Calvary and from our families, Lord, for that to, for that to happen, for us to be able to go. Father, we're thankful for the things you taught us, um, the ways that we were able to work with Jesus with these children. We pray, pray Lord, a blessing over ICYA and their staff people and the families that are just in their orbit. And we know that there's a lot of households that they have uh, multiple points of contact with. And so we're thankful for that and pray that you would continue to build the relationships and the trust uh, in the north end of Winnipeg. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <laughs>